0: Thank <laughs> The misty air of morning hung cool and damp on the skin. The sunlit sky had yet to rise above the cliffside. Fiona didn't want to let go of Eglum's warm embrace. I will miss you, she sighed in resignation. I will move quickly so as not to be gone long. Let Dawkeen do his own work. You do not have to burden yourself so. Ijlum looked softly into her sad eyes. Dakin is the least of my problems right now, Fiona said. Besides, the office keeps me distracted. She sighed again. Ijlum smiled a brilliant smile for her, melting her gloomy expression. After one final kiss, Ijlum turned and picked up a quick pace down the road. He disappeared into the forest beyond. E.J. dared not look back, or he'd run into Fiona's embrace again. They'd already lingered way too long. His destination lay many days south. He could not help but feel sad, knowing they had not long ago followed this road as a happy family on their way to their mother's home. Pangs of worry haunted him as thoughts of his brother and Nolan festered in his mind. Surrounded by the scurrying of appointed servants, Nolan was granted the power to walk freely around the palace. She was expected to conduct herself as the queen. The emotionless painted, mask-like faces of her attendants made their daily handling of her impersonal. The ever-present mutilated men of the cult fed and bathed and dressed Nolan in her beautiful gowns and bound up her hair. Nolan's thoughts wavered in and out of the dragon's magical control. Now and then her mind surfaced and she tried not to panic. She believed that her plan was still in motion and she simply was waiting for the right time to strike. When the dragon lord was near, her will and her mind was shoved into a darkness. She could not escape and the golden collar locked around her neck was a grim reminder that she was still a prisoner. Nolan breathed what fresh air she could while watching the stars in the night sky above the bloodied well. Thankfully, it lay silent and unused. The stars twinkled, speaking to her of old stories and long memory that had somehow flown away. Nolan faintly scowled as these memories slid along the fringes of her awareness, lingering there where she could not grasp them. She gazed up, finding solitude in the starry sky. Welcome back to Tales of Eldalorn. This is Carly Bon, and I'm reading for you Chapter 38, Kingdom of Gods. So, grab a chair and lean back. I guess we can all be thankful we don't live in a goblin kingdom. With that said, on with the Story. The dragon lord found himself searching for his queen again. It was difficult to stay away from her. He discovered her by the well standing in the starlight. He felt jealousy at finding her alone with her attendants as his desire grew at the sight of her. The dragon part of him drank in the sensations, making him feel the numbing excitement. He became wrapped in thoughts of her body. It is this body's elven blood, Sermanos thought, as he reveled in it. Delicious feelings of flesh. How can your king make you happy today? He asked with a low voice. Lust flashed across his face. Nolan bade him come closer so she could kiss him where she stood. Sermanos let out a deep rush of satisfaction at the touch of her lips. His fingers tangled through her hair in her embrace. He tried to compose himself, but it was not enough. He greedily lifted her by the face, kissing her again, fully sharing the moistness of her mouth with his big, long tongue. She gagged instinctively, pushing back. Holding her firmly in his grip, the Dragon Lord thrust himself deeper down her throat. He wanted her to be grateful and acknowledge his advances. Nolan relaxed her body, stroked his arm with a gentle touch to prove her acceptance of his authority. He finally released her only moments before she blacked out from lack of breath. Nolan fell against the stone well where he'd pushed her, vomit threatened in her gullet but she swallowed hard not wanting to draw any more attention to herself. She needn't have worried about that because something else had gained the dragon lord's scrutiny. Her whimpering servants huddled together anticipating their fate for having witnessed their lord's private weakness. The dragon turned his jealous fiery eyes upon "'You will not look upon your king and queen in such a manner,' he said smoothly. Suddenly stricken, the men fell to the ground in excruciating agony, gouging out their own eyes with their own fingers. The dragon lord, piteously, glared down as the blinded men, writhing on the floor, bled for him." He turned away, taking Nolan by the hand. He smiled down at her graciously as he led her away from the bloody scene as if nothing utterly horrible had not just happened. "'We have many more servants,' he placidly said, as Nolan floated along, smiling up at him. Her belly was visibly swollen under her flowing gown, It had become her custom to wear such things. I think you enjoy seducing me with your nakedness. His voice soothed her troubled mind. Why not wear what pleases my lord's eye, she softly replied. He could see every part of her body. Her full breasts pleased him, and he burned to take her Come to our chambers, he whispered. His little queen followed him obediently. As Egelim walked forward into the Atumwood forest, the enchantments fell away. The evening stars had come out and were shining bright and clear above him, lighting the path. He had no trouble finding the hidden gate. This time, when the great green doors creaked open, King Elindewal was there waiting for him inside. Hail, Father. Thank you for receiving me. I require your wisdom and counsel. E.J. bowed graciously. "'It is good to see you are well,' he added. "'I knew you would come,' the king said with a calm voice. Elindul led E.J. forward to the audience hall as they spoke. "'Your brother is changed, and you have not yet realized it.' "'What do you mean?' E.J. scowled at King Elindul's assertion. "'There is much happening on the horizon,' the seer king looked ominously at E.J. "'The fallen one has returned. He is as a dragon.' "'Yes, we found a dragon in our valley. What does that have to do with my brother?' E.J. and the king sat down at a table that was set with food and drink. "'Elinduil knew this was going to take some time to explain to this young one,' So he motioned to his guest to eat. I will first tell you the tale of how it all began as you renew your strength. He paused as E.J. hungrily stacked food on a plate and set it down in front of himself. Your brother was among the field of men fighting against this same evil when the tower of the mad god Sermanos, who was posing as a powerful wizard at the time, fell to mortal man and elves. The mighty black tower was incinerated to the ground, and the last of his armies finally scattered and destroyed. His body of flesh burned instantly in the fiery blast. But gods are immortal. Sermanos's naked ghost was set adrift among the ashes. They found their way south, where dragons inhabit the lands. Lord Sermanos's remains found refuge in the life-giving alchemy of the dragon's brood. Elindul paused a moment to see if Ejlum could grasp the importance of these words. E.J. politely listened and watched the ancient king as he sated his appetite. In that same year, greedy, clever men who were promised wealth and power from their fallen god banded together after the destruction of their master's tower. They decided if there was something they could do to help Lord Zermanos return, they would do it. In the realm of dragons, the Detrius of Lord Sermanos, Bringing with him whatever leftover power his fallen godhood possessed, mingled with the substance of life and hatched from a shell in the great dragon's den. Dragonkind, though receptive to the draw of domination and deceit, unknowingly bore the fallen one. He was tended as a drakeling all these hundred years as his dragon body grew. Sir Manos is and always will be a sovereign lord of Ilmatar no matter what you may know about him his divinity allowed him to survive in this warped manner EJ was still hungry but he felt it was more important to listen so he filled a cup to drink as the king continued The Men of the Shadow, as they call themselves, set out to find six magical rings that Sir Manos had once possessed. These rings would give them power over evil things of the dark. The humans knew of the tales, that the last ring discovered was taken from a Dwarven monarch in Mount Ferrier. They set out to the mountain to search the Dwarven ruins, thinking the rings were kept there, but they found nothing. Then they went through the lands of Ajatara to sift through the fallen tower and still found nothing. They had all but given up when a rumor about the fallen goblin kingdom to the north caught their ear. They found the magical rings in the abandoned caves at Etten Fields. They assigned the rings to the six most powerful among them and called themselves priest. The rings gave them unnaturally long life and dominion over the wild ogre and goblin. They soon enslaved enough of the vile creatures to build their palace and an altar in the cavern among the ruins. Their religion then began as a secret cult in the shadows of the mountain. Initiates came from the darkest corners of the lands to be marked as they vowed to give their blood to their dark master so he could manifest back into this realm. For more than 100 years, men seeking power over each other worshipped their banished lord in this thing they called the Shadow Cult. Aeglim nodded, having heard the term before from the wizard Fargal. King Elinduil continued. The indoctrinated men offered up their blood as sacrifices in such a way as to turn Sir Manos's eyes upon them. The blood ran into their black well so thick it tainted the water permanently red. Then, as expected, one day something did appear— but it came to them as a dragon. The monstrous beast tunneled into the mountain. At first the creature followed the trail of blood as any animal would. When the fallen Lord finally clawed through the rock, he came into the large cavern and there his priests were performing their blackest rituals on his altar. The dragon, driven by the evil of the fallen lord, with a sudden new awareness, he discovered he could not speak to men, and they did not understand dragon-speak. Sermano sought to find a worthy vessel among his followers, but mortal flesh could not last but only a few moments under his godly possession. In learning this, the priests devised a test. They sacrificed many more humankind into ruin to keep their gods sated with the blood of his followers. Until the day your brother found his way into their trap, Elindal stopped. He could see Egelim was turning stiff and pale at hearing his words. Your brother has become the face of the dragon among those men, the king said more quietly yes you could try to kill the beast it was as if elindul was reading ej's mind but if the dragon feels its demise lord sermanos will surely flee into rovash's body and your brother will be then entirely lost he may have suffered so much damage from this kind of imprisonment that he's already gone there was sorrow in the king's eyes as he spoke "'My brother is tougher than most,' Ejlom interjected, fully alarmed, his face openly betraying his fear. "'How is it you can know all this? Can you truly see through rock and into the minds of men and dragons? "'How do I know your words are truth?' Ej grasped for some other explanation, "'because his mind did not want to believe the situation was so dire.' He wished he was in Fiona's arms right now, finding blissful comfort. He wished none of this was happening. The ancient king was not offended by Ejlum's presumptuous behavior. He knew these elves were all too young and unguided for this heavy burden. Your brother Rovash carries the starlight with him. You know of what I speak. He lit it on the path into the cavern. I shared all his thoughts and suffered with him his capture before the light went dark. I know where your brother is and what he has become. Elinda will let the suffering of Rova show on his face. And in seeing this, Egelam had to believe. He gave the beacon over to Nolin and the rest became clear. You see with the star, Ejlum's voice wavered in a rising panic. Yes, Rovash's star. E.J. rubbed his forehead with his hand. Then can you tell me if he lives? He looked at the cup in his hands. He was begging the king for answers that he could not have. Deep in his heart, Eglum wanted to believe this was all going to end well. The king just stared at him. "'You are of divine birth, my son,' Elinduil said, breaking the heavy silence. He looked curiously at Eglum. "'You are born from your mother, but you are equal to the highest scions of Ilmatar. You are the begotten son of Lord Lorien.' Do you not yet know of your own grace?" Aeglim looked startled at the king. I know the long elven memory and was schooled in many things as elfling in my mother's home. And in our elder pods, E.J. sputtered a weak explanation of his life. How can I know of this? His eyes filled with fear, not knowing what to think anymore. Elendal smiled softly at Thendiel's youngest. "'You must stay, then, and learn what I can teach you.' "'I'm running out of time, am I not?' E.J. wildly said as he stood up accidentally knocking over his drink and chair. He frantically paced around the table, trying to find some way to escape this madness. "'You will not help those whom you love by being unprepared.' Linduel firmly shouted over the confusion. The king hovered towards Ejlum as he watched the young Edel wrestle with the conflict flaming in his mind. This was the moment that would either destroy the realm or start them on a path towards hope. A heavy burden hung over this young one as he struggled to make peace with his destiny. King Alindual could only wait patiently for EJ's reply. You are right, Father. I am but an elfling in wisdom. Please foster me in this, Ejlum's eyes pleaded. King Alindual nodded in approval. Nolan's life ticks away at the hands of the evil Lord Sermanos, and Eeglom struggles with his destiny. Fiona holds down the fort, looking for more answers. I'm looking for more answers, and I bet you are too. So come back next week and find out the rest of the story. The realm of Angli is a land full of goblins and humans, wizards and elves. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating if you can, and tell your friends so that they listen to the podcast too. With enough listeners, I can get some sponsorships and maybe not be a starving artist anymore. <sighs> anyway, cue the music.